welcome to episode two of the Blessed Mother podcast. My name's Bree and I talk motherhood, faith and relationships. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about preparing for a baby. So just to give you a bit of history about my journey in preparing for a baby. So I found out I was pregnant 18 months into my marriage. Um, originally I had planned to have the first six months baby free, but as time went on, I found out that I wasn't ready to have a baby. I didn't feel that is something I wanted to do at that time. I'm not gonna lie, I love sleep. I've said it in the first episode, like it's one of my favorite pastimes. And I was just enjoying time with me and my husband, being able to do what we wanted to do, go out, have fun, and not have kind of that responsibility of another person over our lives. On top of kind of not feeling like I was ready, I guess emotionally, or even wanting the responsibility of a child. Um, in 2017, I had left my job um, and I just kind of went on a whole career transition. So from a financial point of view, I definitely thought, okay, this is not the time to have a child. But after about a year of being married, as you can imagine, you know, my husband would say, well, what are your thoughts now? And I would still say, babe, you know, I'm not ready yet. And thankfully, God blessed me with a phenomenal person who didn't pressure me. There wasn't family pressure. Um, but I had to really kind of think to myself, okay, well, he, if he's asking, it means ideally he's ready. So I had to think about the headspace that I was in. So one day I was in the bathroom minding my business, brushing my teeth. And this is usually the time that God tends to talk to me. And I remember on this evening, God clearly said to me, fear not, I will provide everything that you need. This child is gonna be a blessing unto you and this child is gonna be the key. So after that, I was like, ah, oh, God. Like, you know when somebody tells you something and you're supposed to be excited? But I wasn't excited because inside I was screaming. I said, oh my God, I'm not ready. But Lord, I hear you. So I told my husband um, what God had said to me. And then we decided to have the discussion that, you know, okay, fine. We're not going to use contraception anymore. And whatever happens, happens. If a baby comes, a baby comes. And so that was probably, let's say, in the January of no, the December of 2017. So come January 2018 now, first Sunday of the year, I believe it was, and our pastor said, you know, anybody that is believing God for fruit of the womb, they should come forward. Now at this point, me, I'm sitting there because I'm like, God has already told me it's going to happen. Mm, let me stay in my chair. I don't need to come out. But you know when you know they're talking to you, your body starts tingling, you start feeling hot, your heart rate starts beating. So I was like, oh man, let me just get over whatever fears and anxieties I'm going to have. Because I was thinking in my mind, oh, people are now going to think we've been trying and that 
you know, we've been having issues and it's not that. So anyway, I put all of that aside and I went out and the pastor prayed for me. He laid hands and I was overcome by the Holy Spirit. Um, I fell to the floor. You know, I had my time there. And then after I went back to my seat. That was in January. In April, we found out we were pregnant. Now, in March, I kind of knew we were pregnant because I missed my period. But when I say that I was in denial, I was like, no, I've been around enough of my friends. I've probably synchronized with one of them. So my period has changed, to be honest. So five days, I was still waiting. Ten days, I was still looking. Fourteen days, I couldn't convince myself anymore, you know. So on all this time, I hadn't even said anything to my husband. But what I did constantly keep on doing was Googling the, um, the what's the word now? I was Googling the symptoms, that's it. I was Googling the symptoms of pregnancy. And I was like, yes, I have this. No, I don't have this. Yes, I have this. So one day I was just like, babe, I think I'm pregnant. And he's like, <laughs> congratulations. I was like, what do you mean congratulations? I need to check. You know, we need to go and check and have it confirmed. Now, because in my mind, I still wasn't accepting that we were pregnant. You know, I was there like, oh, my period is just late. I said, I'm not going to waste my money and buy a pregnancy test. Not that it's expensive or anything, but I was like, what's the point when it's just going to be negative? So instead, I was like, let's go to the clinic. Went to the clinic, waited ages, I must say. But eventually, we were seen, did the pregnancy test, and she was like, yes. So I see two lines that I can confirm that you are pregnant. And I was just like, oh my God. And it's so funny that I was shocked because ugh, God told me, duh. And I was expecting it. But I would say this is kind of the first bit of preparation that you need to do when you find out that you're having a baby. You have to mentally accept and acknowledge that you're pregnant. Now, it took a while to sink in. And I remember walking out of the doctor's office, walking home, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a mum. I am going to be a parent. There is life growing inside of me. This, this, this person is now about to take over my body. And for maybe like the next two weeks, I just couldn't deep it. I could not deep it. But eventually, it sank in. And the anxiety kind of transitioned to excitement. And that is such a lovely thing. But nobody kind of tells you in the beginning that, oh, when you're pregnant, you're going to have to mentally prepare to accept that you're pregnant. Unless you've been in a situation where you were maybe trying for a child and maybe have lost some babies along the way, then you're super excited straight away. But otherwise, hey, it's a hard pill to swallow, you know. I was like, I'm going to be a whole mum, me, somebody. I'm going to be looking after them. I'm going to be responsible for life. Oh, it was a lot. But it definitely, once it sunk in, it was so exciting. And I just couldn't wait to kind of embark on the journey of pregnancy. So I'll break it down into kind of like stages. So in the early days, and I classify the early days as when you're still trying to keep it a secret, 
my lord, you have to prepare for doing secret squirrel. And what I mean by this is if you're like me, that I wanted to wait until my 12 weeks were up before I told people, um, because obviously the 12 weeks is kind of, if anything is gonna go wrong, they say it's most likely to happen in the early days while your body's kind of still trying to accept um, the fetus as a pregnancy and not as a foreign body. So I was trying to not tell anybody. I literally just told, it was just me and my husband that knew and we agreed we're gonna keep it to ourselves. Now, the problem is, with my physique, I'm very slim. So trust me when I say I was showing at seven weeks. So I like to wear really fitted clothes because as a slim person, when you wear baggy clothes, it looks like something is wrong with you. Like, you know, have you been suffering from some kind of sickness or anything? So having to shift what I wore without being super obvious and going super baggy, mate, that takes work. Because people will now be like, hold on, why is Miss Bodycon now wearing a baggy top? So that was something that I didn't even have, I didn't even prepare for mentally, but it took a lot. On top of that, the kind of hunger that you will experience in your first trimester is out of this world. Like if you think you're hungry before, if you think you're hangry before, you have never experienced anything like it. So please, please, please make sure you have got snacks on deck constantly with you in your bag because the last thing that you wanna do is get caught short and your body literally feels like it's gonna give up on you because it's hungry and you have no snack, no drink, no nothing in your bag because this happened to me once and when I tell you like I felt like I was gonna collapse on the floor, my body got hot, I started shaking, please have food with you. Another thing in the early days that I would say is pray. Now, at this stage, your prayers are really just centered around thanking God for giving you the opportunity to be pregnant. Also, your prayers are centered around committing the pregnancy into God's hands and, you know, declaring that what he has started in you, he will complete. And I think the last thing at this stage that I was really praying for was for strength because in that first trimester, you're really, really tired. Um, so just God's strength to get you through every day is so important. But also, I'm not going to lie, like I had to pray for strength to not cuss people out in the beginning. And the reason I would be likely to cuss people out is, why are you calling me out? Are you pregnant? Hey sis, what's going on? Are you pregnant? Bruv, if you think it, just keep it in your head. Just think the thought and just let it poof out of your head until I reveal that I'm pregnant. Like it's hard enough that you're trying to go through it, you're trying to let your body do what it's doing, and then people are now calling you out on it. Listen, like I said, I'm a slim person, so as this weight was adding on pretty fast, people were like, oh, your face is filling out, you know, what's going on? And I'm not gonna lie, I had to come with some random stories. I was like, no, nah, it's not even that, you know, me and my sister, we're trying to bulk up at the gym, so we're having lots of protein, we're eating loads, I doubt anybody believes me, but just prepare for that secret squirrel life because it is exhausting. The next thing to prepare for, and I call this stage the reveal. 
So this is the point where you're happy to tell people that you're pregnant and you're starting to show. And at this point, you become really protective. And this is where Mama Bear is born. And it's crazy kind of what rises up in you without you even thinking about it. But you just go into super protection mode and you are just trying to keep yourself and your baby away from coughs. Well, your fetus, because it's not a baby yet. The baby's not here, but away from coughs, sneezes. You're not even trying to be around any like negative energy. But at this stage now where you've told people, let me just tell you, prepare yourself, right? For people treating you differently. And in the beginning, it's nice. Oh, sit down. Oh, don't let her go and get her food herself. Oh, let me carry this for you. It's fantastic. And it's nice to be pampered because you don't get pampered ever in your life the way you do when you're pregnant. Like, it's so nice. People are so nice to you. They are constantly asking you how you're getting on, how you're feeling. Is there anything they can get for you? However, this then becomes a double-edged sword as you progress in your pregnancy because it then turns to, ah, you're pregnant. Don't do that. Sit down. You're not supposed to this. Why are you doing this? And it's like, hello, I'm pregnant. I'm not an invalid. So as much as I appreciate your concern, let me live my life. As long as I'm not doing anything crazy or anything that's going to put the baby um, and myself at harm, can you let me walk up some stairs and not take the lift? Can you let me carry a few shopping bags? Because at the end of the day anyway, it's recommended that you do regular exercise to maintain your exercise tolerance and your endurance during pregnancy. So I beg, please, let me live my life. And can we just not forget as well, like in other parts of the world, there are sisters out there with a baby on their back, heavily pregnant, still doing some heavy duty work, and they survive. So everybody in the developed world just needs to take a chill pill. Okay. Um, I think the next phase of preparation would be to talk with your husband. Um, I know when people think preparing for a baby, generally they think, okay, let's buy kind of the big items, the pram, the crib, um, let's do up the nursery if you've got a spare room to make a nursery and let's buy clothes and little outfits for the baby and that's all good and fair but that is just a small proportion of the preparation you need to do so talking with your partner don't take this for granted and do it when you're still kind of pregnant early in your pregnancy when you've got a level head because later when the baby comes and maybe when you're tired and there's all these other factors involved the conversation is easily going to go left. So things to talk about. One, who is going to be in the delivery room with you? Now, I just wanted my mum and my husband. And if my mum happened to be on duty for work, then it would have been one of my sisters. That's it. But in other cultures, and I've heard stories where they're like, there's the auntie, the uncle, there's cousins. Why is everybody coming to the party? Like, I'm sorry, what is your use there? And it's such an intimate experience. So you need to decide because not everybody kind of gets on with everyone in the family. And some people just want it to be them and their husband. No mum, no siblings. So whatever you and your husband decide, 
for yourselves. You need to stick to your guns and get that across to other people because people will understand. They'll always kind of want to try and enforce um, their own kind of views and how they think things should be onto you. So discuss that because I know that that has been a major source of conflict for a lot of people. Number two, the name of your child. Please, guys. This is not something that you should take lightly. Firstly, if you are a set of people that really believe kind of name should have a strong meaning, then listen, you're not going to come up and be saying that you want to name your child Rainbow and then your husband's going to be like, but what does it mean? Because again, that's going to cause issues. So luckily for us, what we did, he was 100% sure we were having a boy. So he said he wants to name the boy. I said, okay that's fine me i'll happily name the girl so you know we kind of looked up names that had meanings when then we kind of came up with our shortlist we'd then take it back to each other and be like okay what do you think of this what do you think of this narrowed it down and if we were having a boy we had like our two names if we were having a girl um we would have our names but in saying that none of the names that i had shortlisted were actually what i named my daughter because when she came out she just had a completely different vibe and aura about her. But names, don't take it lightly. On top of kind of the, the names having strong meanings, are you going to give your child a Christian name? And if you're from different countries, is your child going to have a traditional name? Now you might just assume, oh yeah, we're going to name our child whatever their names are from your countries but then this can also become a point of contention because if you're not from the same country then if the child's gonna have a traditional name first it sounds dumb but which country name is gonna come first because one person just can't be like well I'm gonna name the baby um from my country because I'm the dad because then I've heard mums be like well the baby gets your last name Listen, it gets real petty. So sort out these discussions before the baby's here. Otherwise, you're going to be naming your child baby whatever for the longest. So know and decide with a calm and level head. And at the end of the day, when you're pregnant, nobody wants to stress a pregnant lady anyway. So that always kind of works in your favour. Now, the third point. What are your views on family staying over? Because... Some people might want their mum to come and stay for a week, two weeks, a month, six months under the same roof. For us, this was a no-no. We wanted the opportunity to have a new experience as a family, to learn by ourselves, to understand our new baby by ourselves. So our family was cool with that. But again, if you want it and your partner doesn't or vice versa... Listen, I'm not saying um, having people in your house isn't helpful. It's a blessing and it's great if you can have help. But people can also very easily come in and want to do things their way. And when they had a baby, it was many moons ago. So the way things are done now is very different. So you have to be careful about how much room you allow people to kind of have in those early days and discuss it. And make sure you stick to it because it gets really annoying if you feel like you can't be yourself in your own house. 
um, and also it gets really annoying if you can't express yourself you guys are going to be tired so you want to be able to kind of move around and feel free in your house so please 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 have that discussion because there's some mothers that want to come and stay for the whole year if they can there's some that mm, they just want to come and go and do their thing so please discuss that fourth thing to discuss what are your beliefs around circumcision and ear piercing now you might feel well why would we discuss that don't assume you know like with our daughter we haven't pierced their ears yet and she's 14 months practically or personally should i say we don't care about ear piercing in a child it means nothing it doesn't add anything we know she's a girl when she's ready to when she's older then i will pierce her ears but for now i just felt when she was born it wasn't my priority as a new mum to kind of pierce her ears and i just feel children spend a lot of time losing earring ah where's your earring so what's the point anyway but up to this day people will still come up to me and be like oh you haven't pierced your daughter's ears is it changing her life it's not doing nothing it's not really making a difference but thankfully again me and my husband are on the same page about this so when people approach us we give the same answer but if if one person feels more pressured than the other person and you're not on the same page god forbid somebody will go and now piss the ears and the other person is not on board oi that is gonna cause world war three in your house to talk about these things the same goes for circumcision now both of us are christians so we believe in circumcision and if we had a boy we would circumcise him but again especially if um the marriage both like you're not christians and you don't believe in circumcision or it's an intercultural um relationship please discuss it and if let's say you want it and the guy doesn't or vice versa you have to navigate kind of how you're going to get around this issue before the child actually arises because again that is going to be a massive source of conflict and you cannot just sit there in kind of your own little bubble and assume that you guys are going to agree and have the same beliefs about certain things and i think the last thing point five to discuss are your views and beliefs around discipline and you might be thinking the baby's not even fully here yet. Like, why would we discuss discipline? You discuss discipline because in the blink of an eye, your child is going to be like a toddler and running around and doing things that now you need to start disciplining the child. Now, you've both come from very different backgrounds and very different homes. So your level um, and exposure to discipline will be different. Some people, for everything that they did, they got beat. For some people, they had a more relaxed kind of, um, a more relaxed upbringing where it was discussions and getting you to think about what you've done wrong. So how do you marry your two views to raise up your child? Now, luckily for me, again, me and my husband are on the same page about discipline. So when the time comes, if our daughter needs to be spanked, mate she's gonna get spanked spare the rod spoil the child isn't it i'm not gonna lie that's my belief but i also don't believe in just like beating a child for no reason i believe in being firm with the child you know letting the child know when they're wrong and explaining to them kind of what they've done but if you come from let's say a household where your parent was a disciplinarian and so now you feel you do not want to be the disciplinarian and all you want to do is be the child's friend 
and now the other parent is having to be bad cop, that's going to cause an issue in your relationship. So agree before issues arise how you're going to discipline the child so that you're singing from the same hymn sheet. Next, a really important aspect of preparing for a baby is the spiritual side. Now, pregnancy is not a joke. Conceiving a child and then going all the way through to bringing a healthy child home, mum, baby and dad are all okay, is something that is literally the grace and mercy of God. Like it's not something to be taken lightly. And I think in this day and age, we just take things for granted. You know, people are like, oh yeah, when I get pregnant, when I have my child, and you just assume that everything is going to be smooth. But no, you have to commit it to God. So how did I prepare spiritually? First, I had um, two books that I read. So the first book was called Jesus, Your Baby and You by Helen and Ollie Goldenberg. And this was such a phenomenal book and it kind of talked you through different stages of your pregnancy and um, it had different prayers um, in the book and it kind of took you through preparing for your child. Um, you know, as you get closer to delivery, when I tell you fear will set in, you start thinking about the pain, you start thinking about all the things that could potentially go wrong. So this book had a whole section on fear and how to deal with fear and, you know, telling you what God's word is and it was so helpful to kind of have God's word to stand on because sometimes you'll just be looking on the internet and the internet is great but sometimes there's just so much information out there but being able to narrow it down and make it specific oh it was such a helpful book and on top of that in that book it spoke about giving your child a prophetic name whilst the child is still in the womb um and you know, it was one of the best things I ever did. Now, for us, when um, our child was still in the womb, my husband didn't want to know the gender I did, so I found out. So, just to kind of not reveal the gender of the baby, I always had a name that I referred to the baby as, so that I didn't say he or she. But once I read about having a prophetic name, oh, it was just so lovely to then be able to call this child this prophetic name and you're confessing into your child so our daughter's name was blessed and favored and when I tell you that this now kind of carried on into her life it is just phenomenal and um, on top of that a second book I had was called and um, prayers and promises for supernatural delivery by Jackie Mize and it is such a tiny little book but when I say this book is powerful this book details kind of what god's plan is for us as women how god kind of doesn't it kind of details how naturally god's plan for us isn't to kind of be barren or to have miscarriages or things like that and then it goes through kind of different stages of your pregnancy and has different prayer points from praying that everything will be formed in the baby um, from praying to the temperament of your child and again standing on God's word and praying that your body will do what God has designed it to do and you know I used to confess um, there's a certain prayer 
in it and I used to confess it every day and when I say these three with these two books like the power of confession is just something you shouldn't even take lightly you know the bible already says the power of life and death is in your tongue now don't think that you can't confess everything that you want for your child like it's not a joke so I used to say Lord, I pray that my baby will be a good sleeper, that she will be a healthy baby, that she will be a joyous baby, that she will, her temperament will be calm, that she will just be peaceful. And when I tell you, all of that has come to pass in our daughter. Anybody that knows my daughter will tell you that she's such a chilled baby. So don't think that it's it's somehow funny to start professing these things and proclaiming these things into your child because it will come into fruition. Now, another part of preparing spiritually when you're pregnant is being able to reject the things that people say over your life and over your pregnancy. And it's just the norm. Now, people don't necessarily do it because they're trying to be malicious or they have bad intentions, but so, oh hey girl how's your pregnancy going and you'll be listen my pregnancy was wonderful I had such a nice pregnancy I was active I was healthy like if my second pregnancy when I get pregnant again is like that oh I will be so happy I could be pregnant all the time but it's it's funny because as soon as I started to say oh yeah I'm really good girl wait till your ankles get swollen girl wait till you start waddling Hmm. you ain't had morning sickness yet wait till your third trimester reach and i'm just like whoa 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 guys firstly that was your experience and secondly don't project that on me so i used to literally just say sorry like don't say that you're not you're supposed to be proclaiming good things into me and my pregnancy so i'm not accepting that and i'm telling you you have to be bold with this because if you don't reject those things they stick and i'm not saying that pregnancies don't come with aches and pains they do but if they come with aches and pains of their own accord it's my aches and pains i'll happily accept it but please don't project your stuff onto me and people please have the guts to just sit and then say i rebuke that i reject it because mate don't give kind of the enemy room to kind of operate and come in and for things to start manifesting into your pregnancy when they weren't going to please that's very 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 important Another phase of preparing spiritually for me was to pray. Obviously, I'm still praying for the child, unborn child. I'm praying for myself. I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for God's strength um, and God's favour over the whole process. But don't forget to pray for the stuff that you're going to encounter. This is not a joke, you know, because as I said, delivery is life and death and you want the right people to be there at the right time, the people that are going to make the right decisions that will have the best outcome for you. And sometimes there can be situations where things feel like they're going wrong and then a particular nurse or a particular doctor will step in and then, you know, things just turn around from there. So please, 
I always used to pray that, Lord, on the day that I go into the delivery, on the day that you have ordained, that the correct people will be on duty that day, that the co- the right midwife, the right nurse, the right HCA, the right hospital porter, because somebody's mistake can result, or somebody's action or decision can result in like a completely different experience. It can result in the difference between you bringing a baby home and you not bringing a baby home. So please don't take it lightly. Commit every aspect into the ways of the Lord because, like I say, it is not a joke. What else did I do? Oh, yes, a labour playlist. Let me tell you something. You want God to be in every aspect of your journey from conception to bringing this baby home. So what I did, I created a labour playlist and this was a praise and worship playlist because I wanted the app, I wanted to create an atmosphere of worship. I wanted, God is there with you anyway, but you know when you just create that atmosphere and you can just feel his presence even more. And let me tell you, it was so wonderful and like the early stages of my labour were so calm because I was listening to my songs. I was able to praise the Lord in between inhaling my gas and air. So things like that, people don't take it lightly, you know, because it is just, I cannot just get it across enough that anything that you can do just to evoke the spirit of God during the whole process, do not leave it out because it is so, so important. So I think that wraps up spiritual prep. Other preparation that I did, aside from my um, praise and worship playlist, I also had another playlist, because pregnancy is, not pregnancy, labour is long, 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 and you need a distraction. So, I created a playlist that I thought, yeah, what are those songs that can just keep me uh, uh, bumping along, uh, 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 bumping along. And it was funny because in my labour, every time I kind of was still, my labour slowed down. So there came a point where I put on my playlist, and I think I'll even show it to you guys, but trust me, it was Afrobeat, it was Wizkid, it was Davido, it was, listen, all those tracks that would just get me sidestepping and get this baby moving to its destination. Anything that will keep you active and going, do it. On top of that, snacks. Labour is not for the faint-hearted. This is not the time to be doing that. You want to be healthy, healthy, healthy. No. My mum is a midwife and she was like, girl, for your snacks, pack Lucozade. Aside from Lucozade, I had me some, uh, what's this crisp? hula hoops, I had some Percy pigs, I had tracker bars, I had apple juice, orange juice, because you don't eat when you're in labour as such, but you graze, so you need kind of high calorie things to keep your body going, so please, 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 any lettuce, any healthy snack, all of that, just take it out the window, high calories is what you need to keep you going, don't forget your husband too, now obviously you prepare well in advance for your hospital bag, but don't forget, the hospital don't really provide anything for your husband, obviously he's not a patient, you are their person that they're really caring about, fair enough, but 
come with stuff for your husband now when we arrived at the hospital i'm not gonna lie now thinking about it this midwife was throwing shade she was like are you planning to stay here long and it's simply because my husband had his duvet he had his pillows he had pajamas he had a change of clothes he had his hoodie he had his trainers because i'm sorry you don't know how long you're going to be in hospital for ideally your plan is yes you will go you'll give birth in a few hours 10 12 18 hours whatever and then you'll go home but that's not how the story goes for everybody so make sure he is prepared too because you need him to also be as comfortable so that he can support you so don't forget him people do not forget him um i think another aspect of preparing for baby was i love lullabies and I thought, oh, it's going to be so nice to have a song, you know, songs that you can play to your child um, when they're still in the womb. But as much as I love lullabies, I was like, I don't want my child listening to any old rubbish, you know. So I sought out Christian lullabies because I felt, I felt that it was really essential to me that my baby would have songs that would affirm their faith, but also comforted them and also kind of gave them a chance to worship and you might think worship a child can't worship let me tell you children will react to the spirit of the lord both in the womb and when they're new so please don't think that your baby can't have an encounter with god and i was so happy when i came across ken blunt's sleep baby sleep album and the jay stocker scripture lullabies Guys, when I tell you these songs are so beautiful and I listened to them when um, I was pregnant and I listened to them with my daughter when she was born and we still listen to them now and just knowing that you're filling them with the word of God, oh, it's such a beautiful thing because, you know, you have to be careful what you expose your children to and some of these, these nursery rhymes or lullabies, I just think, nah sorry this isn't for me i think the last phase of preparation and this is probably what people do first but it's the buying things for the child now a baby doesn't need a lot and don't feel bad if you're like in a one bed flat and you feel oh you haven't got a whole room for the baby let me tell you we were in a one bed flat when we brought our daughter home and all I had to do was kind of reshuffle furniture, but you make it work. Babies do not need a lot of things, especially in the early days. Um, so I put the changing mat on top of a chest of drawers. I repurposed my shoe kind of display and then bought some kind of inserts to go into them so that I could fold her different items of clothing into it. I maybe put up like three little, um, shelves from ikea and then put up some wall decals so that she had kind of like a baby focused side of the room people that's all you need then obviously the the cot or the moses basket or whatever you need and then let's say your big item of like the pram that is all the baby needs in the beginning all this fancy fancy stuff the child doesn't need it so please save your coin or maybe put all of that stuff on your um registry but then that's another tip. 
don't buy things until after your baby shower because people are gonna buy you stuff my lord and like i said earlier when i say baby blessed and favored she was blessed and favored we didn't have to start buying nappies until she was six months and we didn't have to start buying wipes until she was 11 months up to today i think we just bought the bare minimum for her but every time she gets to a point or at a stage where it's like oh we need xyz god does it somebody comes oh i've got a gift for you oh i've got something for your daughter and lo and behold it's what you need so please don't put pressure on yourself to go and buy and buy and buy because let me tell you children outgrow their stuff so quick and if you've got so much that you're having to store it let's say under a bed or in storage boxes by the time you remember that oh your child has this to wear they've outgrown it or they will literally wear it once and that's it so save your money until like they're bigger and then there's less kind of no there's a bigger gap in between um their sizes if that makes sense and also that whole nursery thing let me tell you nobody wants to be getting up and walking to a whole different room in the early days because you're so tired and if you're breastfeeding all you really want to do is maybe just sit up in bed and feed or maybe just lie on your side and feed the baby there and in the early days you don't even trust to leave your baby alone in a whole different room so just work with what you have because your baby will grow into the space that you have um and i think the last thing i would say in in terms of preparing for the baby is accept that kind of a lot of your pregnancy is out of your control how you feel um is out of your control the, your body takes over so if you're somebody that's quite likes to have um, a hold on things forget about it you're just going to stress yourself and you don't want to make your pregnancy stressful you want to enjoy it so take pictures of you know yourself during your pregnancy because like i said it's gone so fast and before you know it the baby's here um continue to enjoy time with your husband before the baby comes and continue to commit every aspect into the hands of the lord the lord who has started you on that journey will complete it and he will perfect it and he will provide everything that you need and let me tell you all the anxieties and fears that i had about becoming a mum listen the way god has come through like i just can't even like maybe just one day i need to give a testimony or maybe if you guys want to hear it i'll talk about the labor and delivery story but god comes through and i know kind of i spoke about some things that aren't the typical baby prep but i guess you can find the typical ones anywhere on the internet so i hope you enjoyed this episode um you can find me on instagram at blessed mother that's m-u-t-h-a um so feel free to kind of leave a comment let me know kind of what you thought of the podcast and also drop me an email again through the instagram um to let me know if there's anything in particular that you want me to talk about um but otherwise thanks for listening and i will catch you in the next episode bye